In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm here with my co-host, Ian Wright. Ian, how are you, sir? I'm good, baby. How you doing? Excellent. This is going to be a short, fast podcast, but a podcast I really look forward to. And it's after the, the back-to-back talking about uh, the Browns, each position room, I now want to have a battle with Ian. And uh, maybe we agree, actually, I don't know, on our biggest priority needs and then we can start looking at the draft and understanding what the Browns need in what order and then start slotting in them people. So, Ian, do you agree with me that tackle is the number one position the Browns need? No, I think that uh, going in the free agency, I would have said yes, because we had two kind of wide open openings on the outside, whether it be left tackle and right tackle. I think with them going out and getting Jack Conklin, while he may not be you know, the number one perennial uh, right tackle in the league, I still think that he is a large enough improvement over what we had before to where we're good there. We're good, nothing crazy. Um, You know, I think he ended up with a PFF score of about 80, so still one of the higher ones in the league. So let me ask you then, what do you think the number one uh, priority for the Browns is? Forgetting about players on the board, this is purely Browns, priority on positions I think right now we just have such an absolute glaring weakness on the defensive side of the ball we just we we have so many holes you know you've got Miles Garrett and then after that it is like a cliff from when it comes to talent you know we're talking, you know, obviously I'm not talking about Denzel Ward, who's got a lot of talent, but in the middle of our defense, we lost Christian Kirksey, who, you know, obviously missed a few games this year. Uh, we lost Joe Schobert. You know, we're just, we have nobody right now that is going to be, so to say, the leader of the defense. You know, I know we brought in B.J. Goodson, but right now I just, such a glaring need right now is in that linebacker, uh, pass rush other than Miles Garrett, kind of right down the middle of our defense. You know, we, we've obviously brought in Andrew Billings, but I would say linebacker, uh, safety, we have some patchwork solutions, but nothing long-term, and we just don't have anybody right now uh, in a depth standpoint from defensive end. So I would say linebacker right now is the biggest clearing need. Sorry, so you're going linebacker, biggest need, what, then defensive end or tackle? I would say defensive end. Because you just need to have more people to rush the passer than one guy. And then, you know, I like Olivier Vernon. I think when he's out there, he's a very good player, After especially after watching what he did week four against the Ravens last year. It just shows you what he's capable of doing. But outside of that, it just gets really bad really quick. What happened, mate? Because last year I was saying they're going to take seven defensive ends through to the roster because there's so much talent there. And now we're looking at it and there's like – Miles Garrett and Vernon, that's it. Well, if you remember right, even last year when we had Garrett and Vernon, you know, behind that we had um, 
Chris Smith. We had a couple guys that we liked and then it just didn't pan out. And life in the NFL, you just have very quick turnarounds. I mean, you know, when we're starting guys like Porter Gustin or, you know, we had Jannard Avery who we liked and we traded away. Uh, Brian Cox came in towards the end of the year. It, it just, it got really thin, you know, cause we expected a big jump from Chad Thomas. He's been nothing but stinky poo. And we just haven't seen anything from the guys we thought we were going to, you know, get production out of. So now you got to fill the need and pass rush is one of those ones where there's no cheap solutions to pass rush. And that's the problem we run into. And with that, obviously 10th uh, mock, sorry, 10th draft place for the Browns, you know, is there any defensive ends that are like just shouted out at us at the moment? Or you think we, there's a good chance we could trade back and pick someone up just as talented? Yeah, and I think that's what we're going to end up going to is if we trade back or, you know, we say, you know what, the guy we want isn't on the board at 10. By moving back, you know, I think it was Mike Tannenbaum um, or Jerry Reese, one of the guys had said, you need to assume that if you move back from 10 to whatever position it is, that the next five highest or however the number, say you go from 10 to 13 or 10 to 15, however many picks you move back, that number needs to come right off the top of your draft board. Because if you're not confident that say, I want this next best guy to get there, you know, that, that was their way of saying, if these, if you go back five picks, take the next five guys off of your draft board, because those are the ones you need to assume are going to go. So, you know, if the Browns have very high first round grades on certain guys and they get to a point where there's some value, whether it's with AJ Appenza, whether it's with, um, you know, Caleb on Chasen, you know, whoever they see fit as being a first round graded talent, Josh Jones is another one. If you want to look at the offensive tackle side of the ball, you know, there's all these guys out there that could be sitting there at that 10 to 15, maybe even at 18 range that could pay some serious dividends for the Browns. Now, if Jack was on the podcast, he'd be saying, um, even if Simmons is there at 10, we shouldn't really go for a linebacker with the, uh, with the uh, first pick. Yeah. And I obviously will beat the drum for Isaiah Simmons. I don't see him as being, you know, just a, like a, a legit linebacker per se, because I think he can do so much more than that. I mean, when you talk about a guy like Isaiah Simmons, you're talking about somebody that can cover us, you know, cover a tight end. He can play deep in the middle of the field in any sort of, sub packages you can have him rush the passer you know he has kind of that swiss army knife and i know a lot of people out there are saying well you have to be good at one thing well it's not a crime to be good at multiple things so you know in the nfl you see a lot of sub base nickel dime you see all these different packages because you know and if you listen austin hooper t uh today when he was talking about it said listen if you're gonna go with an extra linebacker on the field the we're gonna run the ball because we have speed you know whether you're going in 12 personnel or 21 personnel you know the defenses will dictate to the offense what they're running when you have a guy like isaiah simmons who is not only has the skills of a linebacker but also has the ability to play like a big nickel corner it gives you that much more flexibility so while typically your quote-unquote off the ball linebacker may not have that high of value a guy like Isaiah Simmons actually does bring that value because he can rush the passer cover and dropping coverage so you have three you kind of have three different tools all within one player and there's one other position we're talking about it's obviously the safety position so in them, I think there are four biggest needs for the uh, Browns. Tackle, defensive end, linebacker, and safety. How, yeah, definitely. How would they line up for you in what priority order? 
Um, right now, I would say if I'm ordering it, I would go most important. We need somebody in the middle of the defense. And I'm not even saying you have to use the 10 pick in the draft on that because, you know, I'm Isaiah Simmons is one thing, but he doesn't really give you, you know, your traditional linebacker, like I was just saying. So while I think we need somebody in that linebacker, I still think there's a lot of options out there. And I would look for the Browns to maybe look at filling that sometime in, you know, later now in free agency, maybe when the first rounds of cuts come through, you know, finding some guys that can get in there and play. But I would say at that point there, I'm going to go pass rusher second just because I think I don't want teams scheming around Miles Garrett. I want to have, you know, as many weapons as I can to rush the passer, kind of like the 49ers implored last year. I would say third is where I would put in the left tackle. Um, you know, the one thing with us, either with going with a two tight end personnel, is we may not necessarily need to leave the tackle out on the island as much. You know, if you're going to spread it out wide, then yeah, and you leave, okay, I'm going to just go five on, I'm going to go five offensive linemen and go mono, mono versus the guys that are rushing. I get it. But if you're running two tight end sets, then it gives you the ability to chip. It gives you the idea to kind of create formations around taking advantages of what the defense gives you. So I would put the defense or the offensive tackle at third, and I would put free safety at fourth because we do have Andrew Sandejo. We do have Carl Joseph, which both fill that need as a strong safety, but we don't have that Demarius Randall free safety right now. I don't know if maybe they're going to look at money Mitch going out there and doing something like that. But right now we don't really have that, ha-ha Clinton Dix type of safety on the roster. Yeah, it's just crazy the way our squad just got so deflated. Defense was so strong last year. Coming into the year, we're like, we've got a great defense. And now we're shoestring holding it together. Yeah, and we really just relied on the fact that we are going to have this dominant pass rush. You know, we were very high on Ogan Joby and Sheldon Richardson inside. We were very high on, you know, Olivier Vernon, who, let's be honest, the first couple of weeks of the season really paid dividends. Then once he got hurt and Chris Smith had the unfortunate incident, you know, with his girlfriend, Jannard Avery gets traded and now all of a sudden, ooh, it just gets ugly quick. So life in the NFL, not for long. And I just think we, the Browns ran into a buzzsaw last year where not only injuries and just, you know, a lack of perform, you know, a lack of performance really kind of culminated into a very weak pass rush. I mean, I remember sitting there with you in Cincinnati and it's the last game of the season and we're getting our asses whipped. We're sitting on the line of scrimmage, and I'm watching a Bengals offensive line who is statistically one of the worst offensive lines in the league absolutely manhandle the Browns up front. And, I mean, now that, like I said, we're, we're PFF certified and we're able to consult Ooh. some of their data, you can go back and look at how bad the Bengals were last year in all but one game. It was, it was insane that we were able to sit there and say, you know, a team that averaged a pass blocking grade towards the bottom of the league, all of a sudden in the last game of the season, you know, bounces out with their highest performance of the year. And it's no doubt it was because they were going up against a bunch of practice squad offensive or defensive linemen. Yeah. Well, look, my order priority line will be defensive end, tackle, linebacker, and safety. Ooh. And mine's you're, more, you're speaking Jack's language. Yeah, mine's more, mine's more views on um, what you can pick up with history, the quality at them levels. So, obviously, defensive end in the, uh, in the first round, second round tackle, and then, obviously, linebacker in the third, like another show, but and a, mm -hmm. a safety in the fourth. Then that's kind of where my, um, where my thinking's going. 
No, and, and it's, here's the thing, you know, when we talk about position of need and I talk about importance, I'm not talking about, okay, this is the number one need on the team. Let's rush out and use our first pick on that. Because, you know, like I've said in the past, I really only believe that there's about five positions outside of some exponentially talented player that's quote unquote once in generation that we throw that term around about every year, you know, outside of offensive tackle, wide receiver, uh, pass rusher, quarterback and corner, you know, and obviously I, I look at Isaiah Simmons as being one of the ones that's kind of outside of the, the norm. It's, it's tough using first round picks on guards and linebackers and, you know, free safeties because as history has shown us you can find these guys later in the draft that can come in and contribute I mean that's how the Browns are able to get a guy like Carl Joseph you know who is a former first round pick who just didn't seem you know to really just hit it off in Oakland you know now Las Vegas so you bring him in here you hope that he can perform on a one-year deal I wouldn't be surprised if halfway through the season he's performing the Browns get him locked up pretty quickly and if any of, the, any of these other uh, one-year deals pan out, well, then the Browns are going to be loading up on comp picks like the Patriots do. All right, well, look, so we're going to disagree to agree that uh, – we, we need to agree on the four positions, but just in a different order. Well, we, we both agree safety is our least important one out of the four, and uh, they're all close, tackle, defensive end, and linebackers. Yeah, and, and listen, that's not to say the Browns don't have holes – across their roster. I mean, we've, we've covered over the last two days, you know, the offensive and de defensive side of the ball. But it goes to show you that, you know, in a wide receiver standpoint, you got Jarvis Lynch, you have Odell Beckham, you know, even Damian Ratley at times. I mean, now you had that really nice catch in the last week of the season. You know, you have guys that can play. Offensively, you have Batonio, you have Treader, you know, you've got Kareem Hunt, you've got Nick Chubb. I mean, they Browns have talented players on offense. You know, and that, I'm not saying that, that left tackle position is not important, but a lot of times your quarterback can make your offensive line look a lot better. So all of a sudden, if I stack a tight end on that side and, you know, I run a lot of play action boot, I can get that defensive line to freeze just for a second, just for a second. Then, you know, you're talking about a world of difference in terms of the quarterback. So the Browns are going to have a lot more options. The one thing I think Browns fans really need to get used to is last year, as I said many times, the Browns had an excellent fantasy football team. We were very fast on the outside. We had skills play, skilled players for days. But in terms of the, the, the meat and the potatoes of a team, that offensive and defensive line, we were just so soft. I mean, I watched a defensive line get just stonewalled by the Bengals. I watched our offensive line get blown up. Now, it is one of the strengths of their team, but our offensive line towards the end of the season just was not cutting it. Hmm. All right, well, let's look at the tier two positional needs. We can, uh, if we take them four, we've got another, th was it seven picks, eight picks this year? Seven, I believe, yeah. Seven. So we, I think the positions we need more depth on is defensive tackle, wide receiver, cornerback, and maybe another safety. Yeah, well, you maybe not another safety. I don't know. What do you think? Well, you're going to need a strong safety because realistically, it's you can't. If you're Andrew Barry, you can't plan on Sendejo and Carl Joseph being here longer. You only signed him to a one-year deal. If you wanted him here longer, you'd have given him a longer deal. So as of right now, you're right. We're going to have to bring somebody in that's starting to learn because next year we may have a hole that we have to fill. 
And the good teams and what they do is, you know, they start seeing what's coming down the road. They say, okay, we're going to be moving this player from this position. The Steelers have been doing this for years. People always ask, how is it the Steelers find all these third, fourth, fifth round linebackers? And these guys are always, you know, outperforming where they're drafted. Well, it's because they identify it. They bring them on. Those guys cut their teeth on special teams. And then they segue into a starting linebacker role a couple years in advance. Kevin Colbert's been fantastic at doing this. The Ravens are another one. How is it the Ravens get all these damn defensive linemen? Well, it's because they know the mold and what they want. They draft a couple years out. This brings us back to what we were talking about defensive tackle. Well, you either got two different types of defensive tackles in today's NFL. You either have run stuffers or you have pass rushers from the inside. And as we've seen, you know, going way back to the Super Bowl with uh, Brady and the Giants, interior pass rush can be very disrupting to a team that likes to throw the ball because quarterbacks cannot step up in the pocket. You know, one of the things I know you identified last year was Baker was always rolling to his right. Well, that's because the, the inside was collapsing, whether it be through the right side, you know, or they were running stunts to get just our guys split apart. There wasn't a lot of cohesion. When you get quarterbacks off their spot, they become so much less efficient in terms of their performance. So the Browns need to do a better job of getting guys in that defensive tackle room that are going to develop. They're going to cause disruption from the pocket. That's why Jack and I disagree about Joby. I think he could be a long-term solution. I'd like to see him here longer, but I need to find a scheme that's going to optimize what he does. Mm. And uh, any other positions you think we should be looking to do in the draft? Tight end, running back? Nah. Well, I, I know people talk about uh, wider, we were talking about wide receiver, but right now we don't have any young, cheap wide receivers. You know, as Jack has pointed out several times, we have the most expensive duo of wide receivers in Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. Well, their, their days are numbered, which means that we need to get some young guys in the fold. So it's, time, it's times like this where guys like Damian Ratley or DJ Montgomery, you know, or Jamon Moore, or, you know, if we bring back Higgins, these are the guys that need to step up because they need to be our next wave of receivers. The one thing that was always amazing that Peyton Manning was able to do, and I know I'm talking about Peyton Manning, but he would be able to identify guys like Anthony Gonzalez and Austin Collie and Brandon Stokely. You know, all these guys that are coming out of the fold, you know, and developing within the system to become performers down the road. Because, yes, we have Jarvis, we have Odell. We don't, you know, and I, we need a little bit more speed. So I think that the Browns need to look at getting, you know, in a higher one of their picks, one of these wide receivers that's really going to help develop under the fold for the next couple of years. Do you think any of the Browns' position room do not need to draft any players? Draft? I would say I, I, I would be shocked if we draft a running back. Um, I, I can see them running with Chubb and with Hunt. Um, you know, I'll be curious, and I was, when I was doing my, my buildup from the mock draft that I'm putting out, I was doing a lot of research on the Bengals, and it's something for Browns fans to watch. So Joe Mixon was taken a year ahead of Nick Chubb. He was a second-round pick, so Mixon's going into his fourth year now, which means that the Bengals at any time can extend him. Well, he's one of the best players in their team, so if it's me, I look at trading Joe Mixon because at this point, if you take Joe Burrow number one overall, by the time Joe Mixon – or by the time they're competitive, Joe Mixon's going to be out of his prime. So if you can get value for him now, you got to trade him. So Nick Chubb is a year behind that. So he's actually going into his third year. But Kareem Hunt's on a tender. So I would say they're probably looking to maybe go undrafted free agent in the running back room. I cannot see them drafting um, a running back. 
tight end I would put in there. The tight end depth is not very good this year unless they take a late round guy and a guy that can block. But, you know, with them having Carlson, Hooper, and Njoku with either Farrell Brown or, you know, maybe a, a cut guy or, a, you know, somebody they could pick up off the, off the waiver wire, I just I can't see them allocating draft resources into running back or tight end. Last question for you, Ian, is today, end of March, with the roster we've got and the draft capital, capital where do you see us um, finishing next season? Well, it's really going to determine how we're going to stack up in the division. Obviously, Baltimore's gotten stronger in certain areas, adding Calais Campbell. The Steelers will be bringing back Ben Roethlisberger. But to be fair, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger is older than me. And his elbow exploded on a basic throw. So, you know, right up there with the people that are all ooing and eyeing over Tom Brady going to Tampa. I mean, Tom Brady's in his 40s. I don't know what you're expecting. I mean, is he going to go there and be better than Jameis? He might throw less interceptions. But you're not going to see circa 2009 Tom Brady. You're not going to see, you know, Big Ben throwing it around the yard to Le'Veon. So, you know, I think the Browns will be competitive in the division. But as of right now, if Bill Callahan can work some wonders with that offensive line, there's no reason that the Browns can't go nine and seven this year, you know, just as they are where they are now. Now, if Baker and that offense gets humming, you should be competing to win the division because at the end of the day, I know we saw what Lamar Jackson can do. I still was not all that impressed with his ability to be a pocket passing quarterback. He's a freak athlete. He can do things that no other quarterbacks can do in the league. But when the tight, look what the Titans did. Dean Pease had him in the box and said, go ahead, buddy, throw the ball. Just like the chargers did last year, just like the Browns did in week four didn't happen. So when they're not up a few scores and they can't utilize that run option, Lamar Jackson is, you know, questionable at best at throwing the football. Hmm. Well, what mate, about you? You think you think what you you obviously spend more money, you spend more time, you spend more energy than most fans. If I give you a a basement and say for Paul Brown to be happy, so he's not pouring baked beans over his head and drinking Jameson till the cows come home, what record do we need to have next year? Mate, I'm always happy, mate. Whatever the Brown scores, I just like to turn up to the games and having fun. But I think to answer your question and. In the style, I think you want me to answer it. Yeah, it's got to be um, it's got to be a winning season. So uh, anything over eight and eight is going to be a good season for the Browns. Yeah, I, w- I want that. I want them in the hunt. You know, I want them like the Titans. You know, where they're there. I don't think we've arrived. I think that if we're going to arrive, it's going to be not this upcoming year, but the following year. Um, but like we keep talking about that two-year window. Well. They just have to make an appreciable stride to cement themselves as being one of the top teams in the AFC. And with Brady now going to the NFC, you know, you're going to have Patrick Mahomes, you know, Phillip Rivers. I'm not really worried about him at Indy. You know, it's really ripe for the Browns to be a top three seed. You got Lamar, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes. Baker better get his name in that conversation. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I would absolutely love it if the Browns got to the playoffs. It'd be dream come true. But uh, I actually like the way that we're not talking about 10 and 6 and big numbers at the moment, playoffs, because I reckon if we're on the dogs, we, we've got the talent to make something special happen. Well, you just hope that a guy like Baker who – listen, there's no doubt Baker's an arrogant guy. There's no doubt that Baker loves him some him, as I say. 
you know, but there's nothing wrong with him being an asshole. Like a lot of times we want our athletes to be, you know, these defiant guys. Like I don't, I love the fact, I mean, remember, remember we were at the game and Baker runs that sideline and he trucks the Bengals defender and he's just going fucking nuts. And he's like screaming and he's throwing the ball down. All the Browns fans in our area got hyped as shit right at that moment. That's what they want to see. They want to see that edge. They want to see that guy that's like, you know what, buddy? Bleep you. Get the out of my face. How often did we hear in that Tampa Bay game two years ago when Baker slid, Batonio told that story about how Baker popped up and said, you're going to have to fucking hit me harder than that, buddy. And everybody loved it. Or the guy in the Jets where he's coming over and talking shit to Baker over the center. And he looked at him and he goes, I don't even know who you are. Browns fans love that. That's what they want. They want to be the asshole at the party because we've been mocked so long. They just can't wait to flex and be like, you know, buddy, bleep you. Yeah. They want that. That's why Baker works for us because he's an asshole. He's not going to take shit from Colin Coward. He's not going to just roll over and play dead. Now he needs to be better in how he responds, but you can still be that guy with the edge. And that's what I think they want. Well, I've got some exciting news for you. We're a month away to the NFL draft. Ooh. Can you see it being cancelled in any way? It's no, gonna go no ahead. they're, they're going to go on now. They've already said no fans, and you know, obviously, it's going to be in Vegas with no fans. So that's going to be very interesting. But no, I, I think the Browns are, they're in a good position. The Browns have done a good job since Barry and Stefanski took over. You know, not bringing unwanted attention. They seem to be commanding a lot of respect around the leagues. I still think they could dance with maybe a couple more little trades here and there as these rosters fill out. You know, the Redskins aren't getting what they wanted from Trent Williams. So maybe if you really want to bring him in as a left tackle, wait that out a couple more days and he may be on the waiver wire. The only difference is at that point there, you're competing with other teams for his services. But from what everybody has said, he really liked his time with Bill Callahan. So. You never know. You bring him in, you all of a sudden, you don't give him some massive contract because you have no idea what you're going to get. I mean, this is a very, it's a very high risk, you know, high risk move. So they just have a lot of options out there. I think there's a lot of potential. You just really want to see it come together. Cause like I was saying, bronze fans just have to get used to not having a fantasy football team. We're going to have that big, ugly kind of team like the North Niners. I mean, we went into that Monday night game against the Niners thinking we were going to run them up and down the field and our receivers this and our receivers that, and they just whooped our ass on every side of the ball. Well, that's what I think we got to get used to when it comes to the Browns. Strong, physical team, big tight ends, you know, speed on the outside, but we're going to be a ground and pound type of team. Other Browns news in is, uh, did you see uh, Baker Mayfield's press-ups? Uh, yeah, I did see his push-ups. Yes. Was he being serious with them or do you think? He's... I think, he, well, what happens is, is sometimes when you move your arms with push-ups, you know, obviously if you put them out wider, it works different chest muscles. I think you just threw them low and did kind of a military style push-up that works on the lower part of your pec. I, I don't see and his elbows bent more than a certain co-host of mine's did. Mm-hmm. That's you, Mr. Paul Brown. Oh, right. So, Sorry. Yeah. But mine was, mine was a piss take. So, uh. yeah. No, I knew. And uh, by the way, we're going to have to break the unfortunate news to, uh, to Jack Duffin. This just in breaking news. Former Ravens linebacker Josh Bynes be signing a one year deal with the Cincinnati Bengals. Ooh. We wanted him. Sorry, Jack. That's a good little uh, free agent for the Bengals. Yeah, considering their two linebackers, Jermaine Pratt and uh, 
I can't remember the other guy's name. I was looking what money at is that on for? It's a one year deal. Um, but yeah, they have Jordan Evans, Jermaine Pratt, and Brady Shelton, who used to be on the Browns practice squad. So they needed some linebacker help for sure. All right, great. Well, look, Ian, it's great talking to you. What's your next podcast going to be? You've got some ideas. Yeah, I'm putting together, like I said, now that we've joined the, our good friends over at PFF and, you know, shout out to John Costco. Um, when him and I and you were all together down in Cincinnati, he just had some really cool stuff that he was showing us um, with just a lot of the good stuff and work they do over there. So shout out to those guys. I decided I was going to jump us on there just so we could have some things to talk about uh, regarding the pro football focus. So shout out to John. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll definitely be incorporating this into kind of what the positional needs are while we're putting together our first Paul Brown podcast mock draft. Did, uh, did he give us a discount, John, or not? Oh, actually, they're running a great deal over there. Through the end of the month, 25% off all their subscriptions. So shout out to those guys over there. Excellent. Worth can, every penny. Where can people find your details? Ian19 on Twitter, baby. Excellent. All right, guys, go Browns. We are one month away from the NFL Draft 2020. And I'm really excited to see who the Cleveland Browns draft. Absolutely. Go, go Browns. Go Browns.